Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. John chapter 4 is where I draw your attention today. John chapter 4. When, when therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea. And departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Remember remember reading about this? We're talking about an incredible situation where we were dealing with, this was just a couple weeks ago, dealing with a woman that he went to. And in this situation, It's a woman that seemed like she did not deserve the grace of God by cultural perception. We just just preached on this a couple weeks ago. But grace is never deserved. That's why it's grace. But, But the truth of the text is only one chapter earlier If anybody, Brother Marshall, seemed like they did deserve it, it was the guy we're going to focus on today. One chapter later, most of us seem to associate more with that woman I preached about than we do this guy. Because today we're going to talk about a Pharisee. I don't know who you'd rather associate with, Brother Turner. (laughs) Who do we rather associate with? How about this? Either way. Whether you count yourself religious or you count yourself a sinner. How about the fact that, Brother Barkas, we both, we all need Jesus. We all. We need Jesus. Had to go through Samaria. That's that's the one we just that's the one we just texted about a couple weeks ago. We talked. Old-fashioned texting. John 3. Wasn't a woman, no, not a woman on a well. It's Nicodemus, a Pharisee, a ruler of the Jews. Man, how did we go so far in chap- so one chapter? He came to Jesus by night. Everybody say at nighttime. Yeah. After turkey nap, he came and said, <clears throat> Rabbi, we know thou art a teacher come from God. No man can do these miracles except thou, that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said, I say to you, except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into a mother's womb? I don't think, I don't think Nicodemus was being arrogant or condescending. I think he was confused. 
You know you can be a good person and be confused? You can. You can be a good person and be confused. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. And man, has, has that been a debated thought right there on born of water? What does that mean? Everybody's debated. There's about five different strands of theology and what theologians debate on what that part of that scripture means on born of water. But not many people debate what it means to be born of the Spirit. Capital S. Unless they're born of the water and the Spirit cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And I'm going to let, the, I'm, I'm going to let this out of the bag here at the very beginning. You've got to be baptized in Jesus' name. And you've got to be filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit. You've got to be. You've got to get the Holy Spirit. have to. Amen. But watch this. Jesus goes on in this nighttime conversation. Old Nick at night. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. The wind. So this is the, this is the, this is the verse. This is the verse that just arrested me this week. As oft does, before I get the privilege to preach to you, there seems to be a verse that grabs me. It was this narrative in this verse. The wind bloweth where it listeth. And thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. He looked at Nicodemus as a Jew and he said, the wind blows where it wants. It's not up to you. It's not up to you. I want to, I want to preach to you on this Sunday morning following Thanksgiving and strategically positioned looking towards December in our in our season of family gatherings where we may or may not push government allowances. And I want to preach to you about holiday board games. Holiday board. And you're, you're either board B-O-A-R-D or you're board B-O-R-E-D. <laughs> God, you're good to us. Everybody in this room I think could agree you're good to us. And I'm asking you to help us. Help me preach the way I feel it. Help them receive the way they need to, the way I need to. Bless us as we're here together in Jesus' name that your word would do its work and its purpose. And everybody say amen. 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 Be seated. Some of you had Charles Darrow over for Thanksgiving. Some of you are thinking, I don't know Charles Darrow. He's not related to me, and it would have been odd if he showed up. No, he might have showed up. Maybe he came around late Thursday night in the form of a game that originally in the early 1900s was introduced by a woman by the name of Maggie as Landlord's Game. Charles Darrow is credited with the game Monopoly. Maybe he visited your place during Thanksgiving. 
What is it about holiday get-togethers that make us decide that board games are a good idea? Did anybody play Monopoly? Look at you, the shocks. Special prayers. <laughs> These words have oft been used but have never been true. Let's play a quick game of Monopoly. <laughs> you can grow an entire beard. <laughs> you, you need a shower before Monopoly's over. I have eaten multiple meals in one game of Monopoly. And that's not because I have an eating problem. Some of you had Merle Robbins over for Thanksgiving. Merle, the inventor of Uno. Who played Uno? You ever play Uno with someone and you're, you play Uno with them and they're the person that's waiting on you to get to one card and not say Uno? Like that's the worst part of this whole game. I got one card I'm supposed to win, now I gotta pick up other cards. How about Skip Bow? Did anybody play Skip Bow? My family loves old Hazel Bowman and Skip Bow invented it. I know we never talk about the authors, but some of these have been extremely successful. I believe she, I believe she did Skip Bow in the 40s. I don't know. You can ask Dr. Google and fact check that. It doesn't really matter, but Skip Bow. Skip Bow is one of those games, like there are so many, that a lot of families have their way they play it. <laughs> Once you're married, you find out when you go to the in-laws for holidays, they might not even play the game right. Oh, I'm getting in some stuff right now. I'm waiting in. So you guys don't, here's, can, well, let's just talk about this, right? Are you supposed to keep points with Skipbo? Are you supposed to keep points with, uh, what's the other one you like to play that my mom likes? Phase 10. How many of your phase 10 people? We showed up to my parents, and my, my parents, they don't, my mom specifically doesn't keep points or something on this phase 10 deal. And my wife was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> if we're going to play, we're going to play the right way. What do you think they make directions for? Last night we were playing a game, the game that my wife was awarded. What was that? What's that called? Masterpiece. Wow. My mother-in-law had the directions out unfolding, reading through. I'm like, let's just get through this. Until that one hidden rule becomes a benefit to you. Right? No, 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 no. I, I was reading the rules because I used my time wisely. <laughs> and I found out. Just, you're going to feel better. Did anybody get in an argument over a family board game over the last few days? Beyond, just confess, just feel better. Yeah. I see some real scared hands like, this shouldn't be part of the message probably. <laughs> this should be part of altar. It's all about the directions. It's all about how you play it. And a lot of board games, Brother Zach, they seem to have so much similarity. How do you play it 
Ultimately, for this goal, how do you win? Because most of the great popular board games are from a day and age where it still mattered who won. (laughs) I'm sorry, but everyone is not a winner. (laughs) Somebody's got to (laughs) lose. Okay? I don't want to hurt their self-esteem. Just hurt it. (laughs) Just let them know. Just let them. Johnny, you're not really a loser. Yeah, he is. He lost. And you've always got like that one aunt or uncle that's really hyped about winning anything. Like they want to do and they're like, what? Ready to take on the world. Everybody repeat after me, okay? Directions matter. Directions matter, ladies and gentlemen. You don't take the skip boat cards or the phase 10 cards and play Uno. You don't. You, 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 you cannot pull out Candyland and play Masterpiece. You use the right game pieces and the right directions because you're trying to get to the right conclusion. And you have a tendency for us always growing up. No one wakes up at 10 a.m. And starts a board game. Board game. I'm sorry. I don't want to offend anybody. Board games are like the last resort. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love them. I'm, no, I don't. Um, <laughs> I love my family. And so we'll play them. But board games are usually what's happened after everything's happened. Like we probably should not just stare at each other. Who wants to play Monopoly? Who wants to play And so that's when it happens. Board games, card games, getting into it, getting into it. It's the evening thing. Well, if you'll allow me somehow to segue from that back into the text. It's intriguing to me, Brother brother Brown, that you have this evening time, this nighttime conversation. Where I want to tell everybody in here what's really about to happen is a leader of the Sanhedrin is about to look at the Jewish rabbi and ask him, what are the real directions? We're playing this game and we have been codifying the law. I'm not sure we're doing it right. Now he couldn't come out and and say those words. I've seen him ostracized over many pulpits. I have watched people take right hooks and left jabs at Nicodemus for years. He didn't have the guts to come to Jesus at day. Do you realize the persecution and the public criticism that it would have brought to Jesus had Nicodemus addressed him in the daytime? It was a strategic place. Brother Stoner, Nicodemus strategically came to Christ at night because he was setting an example. You might not have known this, but I need you to know this. He was setting an example of a private conversation leading to a public demonstration. What you do with Jesus in your private time will ultimately affect how you act in your public time. Yes. 
He comes to Jesus and he calls him good. He's addressing him and beginning a conversation. He comes and begins the discussion as we read in John chapter 3. And Jesus starts with the words that most of you who have been raised in the church, Brother Ross, we could quote them. Verily, verily. You know you're coming from a King James if you start with verily, verily. If you're raised in a good old-fashioned home, I can remember being a kid, elder, and hearing, verily, verily. <laughs> Preachers, all my life, it's like it calls us to attention. What's he say there in verse 3? Look at it. John chapter 3, put it on the screen there. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, what? Everybody read it together. Except. Tell me that's not an odd way to start a, a conversation. We don't think it is because we know the end from the beginning. But imagine somebody looks at you and says, you, and you knew nothing about the church. You're going to need, um, you'll need to be born again. Say, say what? So, you know, we have a lot of modern philosophy that would take this to reincarnation. You understand that, right? Let's jump out of living in the woods a little bit where we know what everything means and just bring this and pretend, Brother Lopez, you have no idea what this means. And somebody looks at you when you walk up to them in genuine desire and sincere concern and you come to him and you say, hey, Rabbi, what, what has to happen? And he looks at you and says, well, you're going to need to be born over. Nicodemus looks back at him and he says, um, one small question. How? This is going to kill my mom. <laughs> I mean, I was big when I was born the first time. I, she told me I was her little man. I, <laughs> he was genuinely confused. He was a good man, Brother Sleva. Genuinely confused. Brother Mathis, how? 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 Jesus said, I'll tell you how. Except a man is born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Jesus has a way of cutting to the chase of what you're really dealing with. He had a way of addressing, Nicodemus, you're not worried about now. You're worried about eternity. And I need everybody in this room to know right now, Jesus is less concerned with your right now than he is your eternity. For some of us, if we could stop praying to be happy in the now and start praying to be saved in eternity, it would change our perspective of life as a whole. If we would quit trying to interpret the game and build our own directions so that we could have a temporary win. 
Because you can try to cheat and make everybody think that you won the game, but you have to lay your head to the pillow at night knowing the only reason you won is because you deviated from the true directions. And I've got to tell you, whether it's 2020 or not, deviating from the directions of this book that we live by, will not. it might make you feel a temporary reprieve from your situation or the, the things you're dealing with, but you're not getting a long-term win if you try to shortcut the directions of this book. You've got to be born of the water and of the Spirit. I'm going to tell you this. There is no shortcut for repentance. Everybody in this building, whether it's your first time to Calvary or you cut your teeth here, there, there is no shortcut for repentance. You've got to repent every day. Every day. You gotta get you gotta get your flesh back under subjection. I don't need, I don't know if I need to do it today. Thinking you, let me give you a physical scenario. That'd be like you getting up and thinking, I don't know that I need to brush my teeth today. Let me help you out. You need to. If you won't do it for you, do it for us. I don't know if I need to repent. Every single day I got to turn back towards him and I've got to remind myself I can't do it without your love I can't do it without your mercy I can't do it without your grace I've got to repent of my sins but I'm going to take you another step further he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. That is what the Bible says. So everybody in this room needs to know a critical direction. You must be baptized. You have to be baptized. Well, I don't know if I believe all of that. I'm not sure if I believe it. We don't get to play with half the directions. But here's what happens in the church. The same way it happens in a board game. Well, my family kind of, we do it like this. Like, we believe in this, but we don't believe in this. And we kind of like this, but we're not so big on that. It doesn't work that way with the Bible. Ladies and gentlemen, at the end of it all, you're either going to go to heaven or you're going to go to hell. And I wish I had a better message. I, I wish I had a way to make you feel better. But I'm not as concerned in the today as I am in your eternity. So I've got to tell you, you've got to repent and you've got to be baptized. You must be buried. And when you're buried, you've got to go all the way under the water the way he was baptized a little bit ago. And when you're baptized, you've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. For the remission of your sins. For the remission of your sins. And Nicodemus, it's not enough. <laughs> hey, Rabbi, I'm religious. He said, religion's not your problem. Relationship's your problem. You know so much, you don't do anything. You've codified more laws than you can live by. Right? He had... Go, you can go read it in Matthew. He had looked, Jesus had looked at a public group and said, unless your righteousness exceeds the Pharisees, 
You can't make heaven. Imagine being, imagine being Nicodemus in that moment. Where everybody, we give the Pharisees a bad name. But I'm going to tell you this. In that culture, those Pharisees were not the ones with the bad name. Now the publicans, woo. But the Pharisees, they were the astute. They were the religiously recognized. They were the elite. Uh-huh. And Jesus looked at a whole group and said, unless your righteousness, think about this, unless your righteousness exceeds them, hmm. why do you think they hated him? He was breaking up their little kingdom. He was messing up their little kingdom. You went to their house to play Monopoly. They pulled out a separate set of rules that they had drafted up. Aren't you supposed to play? No, 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 no. We, we came up with some new rules. We sat around here, drank lots of coffee. Figured out that if you play it this way. And if you don't play it this way, you're wrong. Jesus. Jesus came on the scene. God manifest in flesh. And he said, there's always been a purpose. There's always been a desire. But I've got news for you. It's not about the way you're born the first time. It's about whether or not you get born again. Now think of this. He looked at a Jew. But not just any Jew. Everybody say, not just anyone. Not just anyone. A leader in the Sanhedrin. If anybody was saved, they were saved. Because the Messiah was to them. The promise was to them. Just like some of you that showed up here today or some of you that found your way into the church. There are people right now, you're pillars in the church, but when you first came to the church, you didn't think that God was for you at all. You believed a lie that God was for others. God was for them. But God couldn't want to reach you because you were this or you were that. But here in this philosophy, in this culture, Brother Chris, they thought we are the ones. It's why Jesus looks in another scenario and says, Do not say that you are the sons of Abraham, for God can raise up sons of Abraham from these stones. Don't you, don't you dare say that your lineage makes you saved. You think your lineage is what secures you? Now you got to understand, I don't think Jesus is shouting. I don't think he's this demonstrative. I don't think, brothers, I, I don't think it's taking this long. I think they're just having a conversation at night. And they're sitting there by maybe the, the flickering flame of a, a, of a lamp that Nicodemus has carried up with him. I'm not sure how it's playing, but I know that Jesus just looked back at not only a Jew, but a leader in the Sanhedrin and said, um... Except you're born of water and spirit, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Whew. Nicodemus is baffled by this. It's not that he doesn't want it, it's that he doesn't get it. If you're in this room today and you're thinking, that's fine, I want to go to heaven, but I don't even understand you people. Number one, we don't either. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. I didn't choose this life because it was easy. I'm choosing this life because it's right. 
Can I get a witness with me on that right here? I'm not trying to be holy because it's popular. I'm trying to be holy because it's right. I'm not trying to live repentant because it's easy. I'm trying to live repentant because it's in the book. Yeah. And he said, he said, Nicodemus, this is what you've got to do. And then look, verse 7. Marvel not. Everybody give me your, fa- your best confused face. Just give me your best. Some of you I can really tell, mask and all I can tell. That face that just annoys your spouse when you make it. Like, I think we should. I think we shouldn't. Jesus don't even let him talk this part. But how? He said, marvel not. And then he goes, he goes on. The wind. The wind bloweth where it listeth. And thou hearest the sound thereof. I've got these chimes that hang in the back. And if, if you don't like chimes, I'm sorry. But I grew up in southern and, and I love the sound of chimes, wind chimes. And they make a set that's called Carson Chimes. And so you know I wanted those. And uh, those set in the back. And every now and then I can look out my window. I never feel the coolness of the breeze. But I know that it's windy outside because the chimes. I begin to, I've never seen the wind. Oh, how that, Pastor Carson, I've seen the wind over and over. You have? When did you see the wind? Well, I saw the, I saw the leaves. They were blowing in the field. I saw the leaves after I raked my yard. Come right back again. I, I walked outside and I, I had to put that scarf around. So I saw, no, you didn't see the wind. You felt the effects or you saw the effects of the wind. Nicodemus, you don't choose where the wind comes from. Recognized here the wind being interpreted pneuma or the breath. It's interpreted either breath or wind. It is that same breath. It is that same, it is that same exhaling of God. It is that breath that filled the nostrils in the first creation of God. And it becomes later in the New Testament the spiritual filling into men and women that would so choose God. It is the breath of God. And I'm going to tell you in one singular moment, in an evening conversation, he looked at Nicodemus and said, you don't choose who gets God. You don't get to dictate, you Pharisees. You don't get to make up your decision and choose who's excluded from having a relationship with There is so much tied. You think that he's just driving that nice pickup. No, no, no. There's a lot hitched to that. When he said the wind blows where it listeth, he looked at them young people and said, he said, listen to me. They might not look like you. They might not dress like you. They might not talk like you. But if I choose to fill them, Maybe, maybe I won't get anybody to agree 
with me. But I think there are people in this city right now that are drunks that could turn into the greatest soul winners that Calvary Tabernacle has ever seen before. Yes, I do. I think we got people. I'm going to tell you, in 2021, we're going after some people that maybe have never been reached before. And they don't look the part. They don't smell the part. They don't seem the part. But I'm ready to see the effects of the wind. I'm ready to see. I want to see it on their life. And I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it one further, Brother Brown. It's not, just the, it's not just the alcoholic. It might be the Nicodemus that is a board member on some other church. I'm going to tell you, I'm going after them. I'm going after some pastors in this city. I'm going after some deacons. You know why? I got the directions. I know how we're supposed to do this. Hero Israel, the Lord, our God, is one Lord. There is one Lord. There is one faith. There is one baptism. I got the directions. There's one way to do this thing. The wind bloweth where it listeth. I want you to, here's what I want you to do. I want you to throw your hands towards heaven. And I want you to pray, let the wind blow. Let the wind. Hadabakasatai. If you're in this house right now, you ought to start showing the effects of the wind blowing on you. You ought to start showing the effects of the Spirit. Yeah, 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 yeah. The effects of the wind. Because when the Spirit touches you, you will not be the same. You will not be the same. <clears throat> It'll start with the way you talk. Let me, let, me, let me bring this down. Every time in Scripture they were filled with the wind, when they were filled with the pneuma, when they were filled with the breath of God, when they were filled with what we would say, the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the Spirit of God. It is, the, everybody say, the Spirit of God. And the way that they were arrested, whether it was them or whether it was the people that were listening, like in Acts 10, the Bible says they heard them speak with tongues. The way they received His Spirit in the Bible, the way that the Spirit, the birth of the Spirit was understood, it was evidenced by speaking with other tongues. So well, you, won't see the, you won't see the Spirit. You won't see the wind. You'll see the effects of the wind. You'll see the effects of the wind. You stand in a windstorm, you'll see the dust that's being carried. How many of you ever seen a tornado before? You see the effects of the wind. You're not seeing the wind. You're seeing the stuff caught in the wind. When you get the Holy Ghost, it'll tell on you. It, it will tell on you. Hey, that's why I tell people. Sometimes people have been in the church for decades and they've got grouchy. 
You know it's true. You know what I say? Pray through. Get a good dose of the Holy Ghost again. The Holy Ghost will come on you. It'll turn your bad day into a good day. It'll turn a disgruntled person into a person full of joy. It will affect you. It'll affect the way, listen, it will affect the way you talk. If you're really full of the Holy Ghost, you won't be negative all the time. But not only will it affect the way you talk, it'll affect the way you walk. You ever been in a windstorm so bad that you're like fighting? Some of you can associate driving. You're driving down the road, driving that big old bus, driving the Halkies. Big windstorm. Feel that? Whoa. And you say to somebody, it's windy. I've done that over. Ooh, it's windy. I didn't see it. I didn't see it coming, but I felt its effect. I want that kind of a touching in me. We didn't see it coming. I want, listen to me. I want those kind of church services. We didn't manipulate it. We didn't know where it came from. But out of nowhere, the wind. Out of nowhere, the wind. And it swept through the balcony. And it moved from the left to the right and back and forth. I believe in laying hands on people, but I got directions here that say sometimes you don't need anybody to lay hands on them. They just begin speaking in tongues and they get the whole, I want people to get the Holy Ghost in the middle of preaching. I want people to get the Holy Ghost in the middle of worship, sir. I want the wind to blow and the wind to blow freely. Yeah, 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 yeah. The wind, the wind will affect you. Stand, stand with me. I don't want to be bored, B-O-R-E-D, living for God. Because this is not a game. And the only way you get bored is if you think this is. Your soul's on the line. Your family soul's on the line. Your children's souls are on the line. Nicodemus! They might ridicule you for years for coming me in the nighttime. But I'm going to take this little private conversation. And I'm going to put something in you. Yeah, well, Nicodemus was a scaredy cat. He came to him at night. No, 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 no. If you think he was, jump, jump, jump a few chapters. John chapter 7, when the Pharisees are conspiring against him, it was Nicodemus that spoke up. Said, hey, we cannot do this. Nicodemus, what are you talking about? I've had enough private time with him. To give me some public courage. Oh my. Your private consecration will change your public perception. Yes, it will. If you learn how to pray in private, it'll make you strong in public. You won't be, you, my, 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 I feel something right there. When you get a prayer life in private, because I'm going to tell you what you do in private. You pull this thing back out. You get some directions. Say, oh, okay. Time out. 
this ain't even how we're supposed to be doing this. That's right. They were trying to convince me at the university that this don't matter, but this, this does matter. My, my parents got disgruntled. They're not even going. They, they told me that it's full. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. You're private. Take a take. I don't know how much time. I got to stop. But here's the deal. Go, go, go read about him. Just, I'll say there. Go, go read about him. Go read John 7. Go read John 19. Go, 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 read about, go read about this Pharisee that had a private moment that led to some public proclamations. If you're in this house today and you have never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm telling you, it is a necessity for your life. If you're here and you've never been filled with the baptism of His Spirit, it is a necessity for your life. What Jesus told Nicodemus in private, I am telling you right now again, except a man is born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Pastor, I, I believe in this, but this seems like an odd, an odd time. No, 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 it's not because we've already begun to look towards the start of a new year. And if we're not careful right now, this, this is the season where we begin to coast. What we never talk about in the thought of New Year's resolutions is often we take the end of November and all of December and make them completely about us. We get into coast mode religiously. We'll sing some songs. We'll have some holidays. But we spend so much time during this season feeding our flesh with food that we don't realize we start feeding our flesh with things and lusts of the flesh. And I'm telling you, we got to refocus. I don't want to lose December. I want us to focus in. I know it might feel like a cold wind, but the wind, the wind is blowing. Oh, Jesus. Here's the deal. When I was just a teenager, I went to Illinois campground. There'd be a stand-up fan. It was taller than my head, Brother Brown. You ever been to those little campgrounds? It was taller than my, and it was like this wide. I don't think I could even reach from side to side. There was two box fans. We didn't have air conditioning in the campground. It was 137,000 degrees. And at altar call, if you were really smart, you rushed, Matt, you rushed to the fan. And back then it was really popular to wear silk. It's just a kid. You'd go to that, you'd be sweaty, and you'd lay on the fan. God, you're so good. The kids lined up in front of the fan because the way that it made us feel. If you walked in here heavy today, I'm telling you the touch of His Spirit. It'll give you peace. If you walked in here overwhelmed, the effects of the wind, it'll lift you up today. I want you to throw your hands towards heaven right now. 
I want every person in this place to begin to call on the name of Jesus. Come on, do that right now. Do that right now. Somebody pray, let the wind blow. Spirit of God. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I feel a little something in this room right now. Come on, I want you to lift your hands. I want everybody to feel welcome to do this. I want you to begin repenting with me. Would you do that? God, forgive me. If there's anything, i got to go back to the directions here today. I don't want to be bored in my relationship with you. Oh, no, 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 no. I... What'd you tell Nicodemus? Oh, I gotta be bored. I've gotta be bored. I've gotta be bored of the water and of the Spirit. It was. It was probably nearly 15 years ago. A major storm came through southern Illinois. Tornadoes had swept through that area. The devastating wind. They were trying to track where it was coming from and where it would hit. But as as you all know, while you can try to forecast, it's so hard to forecast the direction of an erratic storm like that. I can remember showing up in that town, Marion, Illinois, driving through that area, feeling so almost overwhelmed myself and helpless. Brother Devin, there was a large home there, and there was a V cut through the middle of a roof. Never seen anything like it. But it was my first experience, a real exposure with conversations that were attached to what had been brought from quite a distance into this city. Things that the wind had picked up and brought with it. They didn't fit. They didn't seem to belong. But when the wind is strong enough, it it was picking up vehicles. It was picking up fence posts, street signs, bringing things in. Can I tell you that when the wind begins blowing in a city like this, it will deposit things and people here that if we're not careful, they will think we don't, we don't fit here. We don't belong here. But we're asking the wind to blow in people that have never heard the name. Blow in people that have never seen the power or felt the power of the Holy Ghost. Let the wind Let the wind blow. Well, 
that was so firmly secured there. No. It was not so secure that it could not be uprooted and brought. Would you lift your hands with us? I want us to sing that chorus one more time. King of glory, Would you pray, let the wind blow. I just want to be with you. Just want to be with you. Lord. I just want to be with you.